Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. We've heard it. We've sung it. God's word for us today. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, receive the sign of the Holy Cross both upon your forehead and your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. Have you heard those words before? I hope so. Hundreds and hundreds of times right here at the baptismal font. Hundreds and hundreds of times as little ones gather with mom or dad and grandma and grandpa and hear that blessing repeated for them. That blessing that is given right before God does his thing. Water, word, put together. Not just a, a simple washing or a mini bath, but a holy baptism where God delivers his holy cross to the person who is baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God puts his name on his dear child, adopted into the family of God. God puts his name on you in the waters of holy baptism. You are sealed. We don't use that language much, do we? But God's word does. And that's why I had Vicar read the first several verses of our first lesson from Revelation 7 that were too long to even put in the bulletin. God's Word talks to us about this sealing. The earlier verses from Revelation 7. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. And he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea. Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. A mark, a brand, a seal on the foreheads of God's children. Not the, not the fake mark or the fake seal, the, the 666 on the forehead of those who are unbelievers, but God's name, God's name placed upon us. His holy seal. How do we know that this is what God is talking about in the seal? Well, we just keep reading the chapter. The verses go on. The part that is in the back of your bulletin, after this, 
After what? The 144,000, that, that symbolic number. 12 tribes of 12,000. 12 times 12 times 10 times 10 times 10. 144,000. The complete number of all people who believe Old Testament and New Testament times together. God's holy and perfect number. There's something a little bit odd about that list of the 12 tribes. It's a unique spot, a unique list in all of Scripture. It starts out with Judah. Judah. Judah through whom the Savior of the world would be born. Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And there's one name that's not listed. The tribe of Dan is nowhere to be found on this list. Excluded because of their gross idolatry. The idolatry that each one of us renounces. When we hear those words in the baptismal ceremony, do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? Yes, I renounce them. After this I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. The 144,000 is this great throng that no one can number. Do not let anyone deceive you and tell you that heaven is limited to, to only 144,000. Or that heaven is already full. There are charlatans who will knock on your door and spout these lies. Have nothing to do with them. Get thee behind me, Satan. God's word is clear. The number of saints in heaven is a number that is too big to count. No one could number. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Remember what John the Baptist said? As Jesus was walking along the water, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold, Jesus, your Savior. In Revelation 4, we get this picture of God the Father seated on the throne. In Revelation 5, we get this picture of a lamb that was slain, but is now alive again, seated on the throne. Which is it? Yes. Yes. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one true God. The Father sends the Son, the Lamb of God, into this world to live and die and rise again. To bear our sin and the sin of the world. To lay down his life 
and then pick it back up again. The Father and the Son send the Spirit to deliver the deliverance to you in the waters of holy baptism. The Father and the Son send the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to holy you. To holy you by bringing you to faith. To holy you by working in you to do good works. Not good works that earn your salvation. That's impossible. But good works that flow from the faith that God has given us. This, this is a picture of the body of Christ. The communion of saints. You and me and all those who call on Jesus as Savior and Lord. The multitude before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hand. What a, what a marvelous picture. When you hear that, palm branches, you can't help but think of Palm Sunday. And the people who gathered along the path, they chopped down the palm branches. They waved them, they put them on the ground for Jesus riding the donkey into Jerusalem. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Save us, Lord, save us now. And that's exactly why he rode into Jerusalem. To save not only those who were crying out on that Palm Sunday, but to save all people, to save you and me. In a few moments, we'll sing those words again, won't we? Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! When will we sing them? Right before he comes to us. The very body and blood of Jesus in with and under bread and wine for us to eat and drink. Forgiveness, life, and salvation delivered to the weary the weary traveler facing, facing all the tribulations that the devil, the world, and even our own sinful flesh can throw at us. My friends, we have, we have a marvelous picture here, a marvelous picture of heaven. God gives us a glimpse the song cries out, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. My friends, how often in the midst of our fears and worries and doubts, we doubt these words that salvation belongs to God. We listen to the false voices and we think that salvation belongs to me. I've got to do something so that God will love me. I've got to do something so that God will notice me. I've got to do something to, to supplement what Christ has done for me. If I don't take care of number one, who will? We place our trust in the things of this world, the things that God has given us, great blessings from God. We put our trust in these things. 
And then we blame God when these things fail us and let us down. My friends, God's word is true. Salvation belongs to him. God in his steadfast love has given his only son for you through the perfect life, the obedient death, and the glorious resurrection of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. God has robed you with a white robe of righteousness in the waters of holy baptism. Notice how many people will play the game and, and pretend to be holy and pure by their own doing. There are many organizations, especially the secret ones, who have all kinds of purification ceremonies. You wear all kinds of things, maybe even an apron, to show how pure you are. My friends, it's a false hope. It's a pipe dream to think that anything that you can say or do will make you pure, holy, forgiven. The righteousness of God, the purity that God gives, comes from outside of us. It comes from Jesus. You heard the words in our gospel reading, the Beatitudes, famous words that Jesus spoke, the Sermon on the Mount. We hear those words and we think, this is what the church is. This is what the church looks like. This is the church on this side of heaven. And that's not wrong. But that's not a complete picture. These words, these words in Matthew 5 in the Beatitude, they are fulfilled, get a load of this, they are fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ for you. It's always about Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the one who is poor in spirit, giving up the riches of heaven to take on flesh and blood and make his dwelling among us. Jesus is the one who mourned over our sins and then provided comfort for our forgiveness in his bloody death and glorious resurrection. Jesus is the one who is truly meek, allowing others to mock and ridicule him, strike him in the cheek, and not lash out. Jesus is the one who hungered and thirsted for our righteousness. And that's what prompted him to freely and willingly sacrifice his life for ours. Has there any, ever been anyone more merciful than Jesus? As he hung on Calvary's cross, naked and bleeding and dying, he prayed 
for those who were killing him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus is the only one who has ever been truly pure in heart. Not a sinful thought, not a sinful word, not a sinful deed, not ever. Jesus is the peacemaker. He has made peace between God and us, offering up His lifeblood in our stead. Throughout the accounts of the passion narratives, we see how Jesus was persecuted for righteousness' sake. He was reviled and persecuted. And God blessed him and raised him from the dead three days later, giving the ultimate victory over sin, death, and the grave. And what does God do with that victory? He gives it away. He gives it to you. He gives it to me. He gives it to all those who are broken in spirit. Poor, miserable sinners. He gives it to us. My friends, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. Feels like a great tribulation in our world, doesn't it? Feels like fear has won the day. It feels like sin is up. And holiness and righteousness are down. We live in this topsy-turvy world. And all too often it seems like there's no hope. There's no hope. Evil. Evil has won the day. My friends, God gives a picture of heaven. And one of the wildest, craziest things, that's what, which blows my mind, is that when God gives John a picture of all the saints in heaven, he sees you and me. You and me, all the elect. Oh sure, he sees Augustine and, and Luther and C.F.W. Walther and all those great heroes of faith. But he's not bound by time. No. He sees the whole company of heaven. Including us. My friends, today... God wants you to know that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for you poured out on you in the waters of holy baptism where God branded you, gave you a sign and a seal marking you as one, His child. He put the Holy Spirit in you that day. The Holy Spirit that drives away all fear. What's the opposite of fear? Confidence. Confidence. 
God wants you, in the midst of trials and tribulations, to be confident. Confident in Christ's victory over sin, death, and the grave. Confident in His Word, His Word of life for you. Confident that when you hear God speak, even from the lips of one of His lowly servants, that Word is sure and true. My son, my daughter, your sins are forgiven. And then cling. Cling to this picture that God gives at the end of our reading. You see, heaven is so great, our simple brains can't comprehend it. Heaven is so great, He can't describe it to us in any way for us to understand it. So he gives us a glimpse of heaven by describing it in the negative. That's right. He tells us what's not there. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. My friends, there are two things that assail us. Enemies out there. Enemies in here. The enemies out there, they attack us. The enemies out there with the sin and consequences of, the sin, of, of sin that afflict us and attack us. They're real. And they will be real until we see God face to face. The enemies in here, they cause us to worry and to fear and to be filled with, with doubt. My friends, cling to the crucified and resurrected Jesus Christ for you. Cling to his word and the enemies out and in will be defeated today and tomorrow and every day until these words of Scripture are true and fulfilled for each one of us. My friends, there will come a day when we, brothers and sisters in Christ, will behold a host arrayed in white and through gates of pearl stream through the countless hosts. That's you and me. Cling to that word. Cling to that hope. Cling to that promise. You are baptized into it. The sign of the Holy Cross is upon your forehead and upon your heart, marking you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. Thanks be to God.
Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our faith, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.